The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Savannah Sims about her 2019 wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at the St. Augustine Ballroom at the Grand Floridian. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Savannah. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually a funny story because I did not grow up going to Disney World. I never thought I would get married at Disney World. I know a lot of a lot of people that get married at Disney World, it was a lifelong dream, but it was not mine. I I mean, I have always been obsessed with Disney and princesses like every other little girl. But I actually went to Disney for the first time on a high school trip and then started going more frequently when my when I started dating this guy, Drew. He comes from a Disney family, right? You know, they vacation there very frequently. And so it was not really on our radar. I always thought that, that would be something that was just out of the question and out of the budget. And when we got engaged, we planned a small engagement moon to celebrate our engagement. So we were at Disney World and we actually had lunch reservations at the Grand Floridian and it was a rainy day. So we showed up a little bit early and while we were there, we got an email from our original wedding vendor saying that they were having legal problems and they were shutting their venue down. And although we hadn't signed contract or paid any money, it wasn't official yet. That was where we, we had a wedding venue picked out and that no longer worked out. So we are sitting in the Grand Floridian lobby, a little bummed out and it was okay. Like I said, we didn't have money down. We hadn't told a lot of people and later that day, we were in Hollywood Studios, it was pouring the rain, and we were having a beer at the Tapline Brewery, whatever, in Hollywood Studios. And I said, you know, let's just email Disney. We're here. Let's just see if that's something that is acceptable. And so we did. And at the end of the day, it was something that, you know, we wanted a wedding venue that was accessible that was fun we knew we would be having guests that range in age from three months old to 76 years old and we wanted a destination wedding that everyone would have memories 
for a lifetime. We didn't want just an afternoon of memories. We wanted a we wanted days of memories with our loved ones. And so I emailed Disney from Hollywood Studios and that is when it all started. So we actually it, it was within 10 months. So we started plan we emailed Disney I think in January of 2019 and got our date for our November wedding. Oh, that's wonderful. So now usually it's the family of the person I'm not interviewing who doesn't know very much about Disney and objects. But in your case, it sounds like yes. the fiance's family, they were totally on board. How did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Oh, they were very shocked. Although, um, you know, since I had been dating Drew, we had been to Disney World quite a few times. So and. I think with my personality, I'm always the person, so I'm a scientist, but I am always blaring Disney musicals in the background. So everyone was not super surprised, but my, most of my friends and family, so my husband and I are both from West Virginia, and most of our friends and family had not been to Disney World, or they had gone once or twice as, as kids, but you know they had never been before and really did not know what it was about. So they were, they were shocked and definitely a little overwhelmed. So I actually spent a lot of time invested in making sure that they felt comfortable planning a Disney vacation. So I spent a lot of time on our wedding website. I wanted that to be customizable. So I just made my own website through a Google site. I didn't use one of the wedding servers. And so I put a lot of information on the website, including like, here's a beginner guide to Disney. Here's why you know, if you want to stay on property, here are the benefits. If you don't want to stay on property, here's how you do that. So they were definitely shocked. And some people were not quite on board. I mean, my parents, I think, were a little apprehensive at first. But our favorite vacation of all time was we did go to Disney World when I graduated high school. That was our first time as a family and actually the only other time besides our wedding now. And so they were they were shocked but supportive. And they ended up having the best time. And I mean, I think the the biggest thing that I think is so great about a Disney wedding is, like I said, you don't just have an afternoon of a wedding, but you have this whole vacation with your friends and family. And it was so much fun, even though, yeah, um, it took some convincing. My, my grandmother, particularly, she had never been to Disney, absolutely did not get the concept of Disney World. And she definitely... You know, I think she was referring to the parks as the fairgrounds for a while and did not, like, you know, she just didn't know what she didn't know. And she went to Disney World and before she even went in the park, she was at her hotel room at Port Orleans French Quarter. And she texted me because I hadn't seen her yet. She had just arrived from the airport a couple hours previous to that. And she said, Savannah, I get it. I get Disney World. I can see why you keep coming back. And it just, you can imagine when she actually did get into the parks, how much fun she had. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what you want to hear all of your Disney skeptic friends and family say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And she, yeah, I mean, and she, you know, had some mobility issues. And so that was one thing that was really important to us. You know, she's my only living grandparent. And so, and well, actually out of both of, both of Drew and I. And so I wanted it to be somewhere that was accessible for everyone and Disney was so accommodating with her it was absolutely incredible but yeah so she'd be riding through the monorail on her ECV and you know going through the Polynesian saying okay that's where I'm staying next time you know <laughs> <laughs> okay so how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip 
So we invited, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a little over, I want to say 125-ish, and we ended up having right around 80, give or take a few people. There were a lot of people that we were scared that 100% of our guest list would end up saying yes, but 80 was actually our target, so we ended up having exactly what we wanted, and so it was perfect. Oh, that's great. Now, did you set up a room block for your guests? I did. Yeah, we blocked three hotels. So we did a, our value was All-Star Sports, which is a longstanding favorite hotel of my husband's family because it is the first All-Star on the bus stop, um, <laughs> I think is the rationale. And so we did that. We also did a, a our moderate was Port Orleans French Quarter and the Grand Floridian was our deluxe resort in our room block. Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? So we got married on a Tuesday at noon, which actually ended up working out fantastically. So one of the things, you know, I thought a Disney wedding would be completely out of our budget for the guest size we wanted. Like I said, 80 was what we had and what our target was. And we knew with the, you know, the food prices and everything, that would be pretty, pretty close on the budget we were trying to hit. and. So we picked Tuesday because the was one of the least expensive days of the week. And it ended up being perfect because it was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So our wedding was November 26, 2019. So two days before Thanksgiving. And in West Virginia, Thanksgiving is almost always a holiday week. So hunting season is a big thing in West Virginia. So, you know, my husband is a, is a high school teacher. So the kids don't have school that week. And most people end up taking that whole week off out of our friends and family anyway. So it ended up being perfect because most people were able to make it a long weekend. And so really Tuesday was what made, we made it work for our, for our budget. And noon was also the same thing. I initially wanted an evening reception pretty badly, but when we crunched the numbers, I just didn't think that there was that much of a difference between a noon wedding and a 2.30 ceremony um, for the price difference between lunch and dinner. So, you know, we were able to save with 80 people, and I know the prices change year to year, but it was between like three and $5,000. So I was like, you know, it is starting the party at noon or starting the party at 2.30 isn't that big of a difference. And one thing that it allowed us to do was which I thought was really fun and we might bring talk about this more later but we had an optional totally informal after party so we did this it was a monorail bar crawl since our reception was at the Grand Floridian I I gave everyone this information ahead of time but I said okay so anyone who wants to keep hanging out since the wedding will be over at 6 p.m the Beauty and the Beast bar had just opened. I said, you know, that first hangout spot will be the Beauty and the Beast bar. So head there. You can walk from the reception. So we ended up, we did not know if people were going to be into that at all, but it ended up being almost the whole wedding made it over to, you know, I went back to change, but most people ended up at the Beauty and the Beast bar after the wedding. Then they took the monorail over to the contemporary and they, everyone hung out at the outer rim. And then everybody went to the Polynesian to get 
drinks or snacks or whatever they wanted at Trader Sam's. And we actually timed it about perfectly. So I think the fireworks start at 10 p.m. or they did in November. And so one of my favorite moments from the wedding was actually almost the whole wedding party was still out <laughs> over four hours after our wedding had ended. But, you know, a lot of people have, have gone back to the rooms if they had wanted, but a lot of people were standing on the beach at the Polynesian. And so they pipe in the happily ever after music and everyone at the end of this long wedding day. And I was with my mom and dad and some of my friends that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And we were all standing on the Polynesian beach after we got married that day and watched happily ever after from across the lake. And that was one of the coolest moments that was completely unscripted and, you know, not, not really about the wedding at all. And it wasn't planned, but it's one of those experiences that you can only get at a Disney wedding. Definitely. And also it was free. You didn't have to pay for a dessert party to see the fireworks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that was what was so cool because, you know, we, like I said, I mean, fitting, fit, you know, fitting our wedding into our budget was really important to us. So we set our budget and we set our priorities. So what we valued for our wedding was that we wanted our guests to have a lot of memories, which is why we chose Disney World. And some of the things that were not high on our priority list were things like flowers or decorations, you know, things like that. And so that was just, you know, I know everybody has their own own priorities and their own own values to fit their budget. And so we were able to, you know, do our Disney wedding without having all those add-ons like the dessert party, which costs a lot of money and we would have had to up our budget for. And I was really glad that we, we stuck to that because Disney is just such an amazing experience without having a dessert party or, you know, kind of any, and we didn't do a park shoot either. And, you know, at the end of the day, I have so many beautiful wedding pictures. I don't even know what to do with them. And so one thing that I kind of kept reeling myself in to was, okay, no one else knows that these things are options for <laughs> your Disney wedding. I know they're options because I follow the boards and the groups and I look at the Pinterest for Disney weddings and follow them on Instagram, but no one else does. You know, I mean, maybe my mom and my mother-in-law, but other than that, we're, I'm the only one that knows that, you know, having Mickey and Minnie at your reception is an option and it wasn't a priority for me. So I wasn't going to make it a priority for my guests. And so I was really excited that Disney, you know, allows you to kind of pick and choose what is important to you. And so for us, you know, with our budget, if we, you know, we were able to have 80 people where if we had wanted some of those add-ons, we might have, um, we would have had a much smaller wedding. And so, and for us, it was really important to have that size wedding. But once again, that's not a priority for everyone, but it, it worked out perfectly for us. Wow. Yeah. This is all great advice. And I, especially when you're talking about, you know, nobody will know what they're missing. I see yeah. that a lot with welcome bags. People just get obsessed by this idea that they have to have these spectacular over the top, you know, Oscar gift bag worthy yeah. welcome bags. And nobody knows about welcome bags except people who are planning weddings. <laughs> yeah. And so I, and I, so I did a welcome bag. However, I have zero pictures of the welcome bag and we did a very like low key welcome bag. And I literally went to Sam's club 
locally and you know at, in West Virginia before I left and bought like fruit snacks and you know I don't even remember but and it was fine I mean I, I guess I'm glad I did I'm glad I did them mostly but mostly I just I had little inserts like I made a brochure that looks like the Disney park maps and stuff that in there so I wanted people to have the information but that is one of those things that you know no one would have known and it was a huge hassle to distribute them to the the hotels and we have no pictures of them you know I don't know if anyone talked about them or not I mean I guess I feel good that I did them and but um yeah it's, it's just you don't know what you're missing and another thing that I think that I agonized over and you know getting back to what your priorities are and how to save money and stick to your budget and advice and so for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a flower person at all anyway. I mean, I, you know, I had to like learn what roses and calla lilies and the difference between a calla lily and a lily were from my mom and grandma before my wedding. But, you know, so I agonized over decorating the wedding pavilion. Agonized, agonized. And I went, I knew I didn't want anything over the top, but I had a, I had you know, a floral arrangement at the altar, petals and some things on the side. And at the end, when we were getting close to the wedding, there were, you know, I was, I was close to the budget, but not quite there. And I couldn't decide whether I was just going to, you know, overshoot my budget or, or not. And I ended up cutting all of my decorations, except I think I had lanterns on the side tables on the altar of the wedding pavilion just so you know there wouldn't be empty tables and that was the best decision I ever made and I'm so glad I, ha I still have that money and I didn't go over my budget to decorate the wedding pavilion because it wasn't a priority to me personally and you are you don't realize how quick the ceremony goes I mean I know everyone has different lengths of ceremonies but the thing is, everybody walks in and they see the view of Cinderella's castle in this absolutely spectacularly beautiful building. You know, they they don't look for flowers or petals down the aisle. I mean, they're just excited that they were invited to a wedding at Disney World and they can see these beautiful stained glass windows with Cinderella's castle in the background. <laughs> so let's talk about that. How did you choose the wedding pavilion for your ceremony and then the St. Augustine ballroom for your reception? A couple important things to me, like I mentioned, were the our, our guest experience and having a lot of guests there. And so I felt like if you are getting married at Disney World, having Cinderella's Castle in the background is just something that is incredible. And I mean, I, I went and saw the wedding pavilion after I had chosen it. I had never been there before I chose it. And I did, you know, I looked at every ceremony venue online and I just felt that the wedding chapel was absolutely breathtaking. And it was something very unique to Disney, but still had the traditional wedding look, which I really liked. And I also liked that it was within proximity to the Grand Floridian ballroom. And so I chose the ballrooms because I didn't want there to be a gap in between my ceremony and reception. I know a lot of people do that, especially with destination and Disney weddings, but I kind of liked the traditional flow of a wedding and like most people have weddings in my family. 
So I wanted, I didn't want there to be downtime. So I wanted our ceremony to flow directly into our reception. So our guests were able to just head right on over to the convention center after, after our ceremony. And so that was really important to me that there just wasn't a lot of transportation or downtime. Got it. Now, did you use any outside vendors for your event? I did a little bit. I rented our chairs from an outside vendor, but that was the only piece of decor that I used from an outside vendor. Because like I said, I didn't go heavy on floral or decor. So, you know, they're really, I brought some stuff in, but I did rent my chairs from outside of Disney World. I found this rental company, I believe on an Orlando Weddings Facebook page. Um, I just kind of, I asked who has gold Chivari chairs and I messaged the person that had the cheapest price and that worked out extremely well. The photography, I also did not use Disney photography. I used Michelle Laxon for both video and and photography. And I thought that she did a fantastic job. And I really liked being able to choose a photographer that I was able to know exactly who was going to be photographing my wedding ahead of time when I paid. And you know, being able to have that flexibility and talk to her and be, you know, working directly with that vendor myself. That's great. Did you add any entertainment to the reception? I did not. We had a, the DJ Charles Miles, whom we booked through Disney Weddings, and we did not add any extra entertainment. And that was one of those things that I also felt like, you know, no one else knows that those are options. And I felt with a guest count of 80 that it would be fine on its own. So we had a pretty traditional wedding reception. You know, we had speeches and first dances and then and then the DJ with the party. And it was funny because we actually were supposed to leave our reception to get photographed inside of the Grand Floridian because we hadn't finished those. And we just decided to not do that because we were having so much fun at the reception. And we were also going to play the the shoe game at our reception. So, you know, where you ask the bride and groom questions. And that was another thing that like halfway through our reception, everyone was having so much fun and the dance floor was packed. And like uh, we had Charles Miles as our DJ and he was absolutely fantastic. My husband went up to him and was like, do not interrupt this party for anything. Like we are having fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So do you have any menu items or cake flavors from the reception that you can recommend? Oh my gosh. We, I mean, we loved our food. I have our menu. And so this was another thing that I mixed and matched. I did not go with one of the Disney standard menus. I basically sent my planner. I kind of made up some menus of my own, you know, option one, option two, option three. And I said, Hey, I want something like any of these at this price point what can you do? And we ended up going through a few iterations with my planner and the chef, and we were able to get something that we really liked. And we also, we did do a buffet, which I was initially a little skeptical of. I don't really know why. I was kind of like, oh, I feel like a plated meal is fancier. But also, 
I love having, like, personally, when I'm eating, I would much rather eat off of a buffet because I can get what I want and I can get, you know, as much as I want of something, but not as much of something. So for our pre-reception, we also had like a veggie tray as well, but that's not very exciting. But we had the cheeseburger spring rolls, which are served in Magic Kingdom as well. And those are absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't know what they put in them, but it is so addictive. And we also had the crab cakes and I do not eat seafood. I do not eat fish, but the crab cakes I tried at our, our planning session and they were delicious. I mean, I liked them. And like I said, I don't eat seafood and a lot of people raved about the crab cakes. And one thing, so during our cocktail hour or our pre-reception, you know, our planner took my husband and I into a room, you know, just have a couple of minutes and you know, let us rest before we went back into the reception while our guests were at the pre-reception and they had our appetizers and drinks laid out for us. And I believe while I was in the bathroom, my husband took my crab cakes and was like, I didn't think you ate seafood. So, you know, we were that good that he was like, you know, 30 minutes into marriage, risking it to steal my crab cakes. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. And we also did one thing that everybody still talks about and we we loved was the martini action station and so we didn't do it exactly as it's written but so this is where they serve uh basically carb sides in a martini glass and so we didn't do it exactly as it's written so we had mashed potatoes baked white cheddar mac and cheese and the champagne risotto and those were delicious and we also sort of customized our sides so we had or our toppings so we had bacon lobster meat cheddar cheese sour cream to put on you know all of those carb sides and everyone still talks about how having mac and cheese at your wedding reception is a fantastic idea and the champagne risotto is to die for so i would absolutely recommend that we also did we did a steak and chicken as well and a salad but the I really think the the appetizers so the cheeseburger spring rolls and the crab cakes and the mac and cheese and risotto and mashed potato bar at the reception stole the show for cake we did we did the churro cake and the churro filling which was delicious and we also did the chocolate cake with the gray stuff which is cookies and cream filling and so we kind of partially did that because our wedding had a light beauty and the beast theme and so I thought the gray stuff was fun and also who does not love chocolate and oreos so I thought that those were big um and they were big hits we really really enjoyed that that's great and I'm so glad that you mentioned that about the menus because I will so often see people say you know I don't like anything on this menu my planner sent me or um how much do the menus cost at the Grand Floridian and the thing is they're completely customizable. What you're getting from your planner is simply a suggestion or a sample. I have hundreds of old menus and current menus on my Fairy Tale Weddings Guide website for people to pick from just like you did so that you can go through and say, mm-hmm. okay, I want this from this menu and that from that menu. And I love that you you also gave them a price point because if you can tell mm-hmm. them, I don't want to spend more than X per person, but I like these kinds of things. And they actually enjoy getting to be creative and come up with things for you that will fit your budget and your preferences. So I always recommend that. And I'm so glad it worked out for you. Yeah, it worked out so well. And I definitely did use uh, your website and listening to other podcasts to, to make my menu. Cause I, I really, you know, and also there were things that 
you know, I wanted to consider what all of my guests would like, and I wanted to make sure there was something there for everybody and really being able to customize the menu and hitting the price point. Cause I really think we got a great value for the price point because I mean, I've looked at other menus that were, you know, 40, $50 more a person. And I felt like we've got a much better bang for our buck. And, you know, everyone talks about how delicious our wedding food was after the fact. And I know that we got our, um, the top of our cake was left over the very top layer that for, you know, some people save for their anniversary. And it was just phenomenal to have the chocolate cake and the cookies and cream filling in our hotel room for the rest of the week. I mean, that, I think I single-handedly ate all of it (laughs) before we left. It did not make it home for the anniversary. That's good because that means you can have a fresh cake on your anniversary. (laughs) Exactly. I wasn't really into that tradition anyway. I mean, you know, to each their own. And if it's important to you, then please go for it. But yeah, I, I just think more cake is always better. So (laughs) (laughs) me too. (laughs) Yeah. So now you talked about the bar crawl after the wedding. Did you add any yeah. other events to your wedding week, like a welcome party or anything? Yeah. So um, we did the the monorail bar crawl after the wedding. So that start, since our wedding was from noon to 6 p.m., that started after that. And we actually started the fun of, of wedding events two days before our wedding. So like I said, our wedding was on a Tuesday. So most of our guests, arrived on Saturday from the previous week. So, you know, some of our guests arrived on Saturday and left Wednesday after the wedding to make it home for Thanksgiving. And some people made it an entire week's vacation. So we actually started started the wedding festivities on Sunday. And so we did what we called the, the um, global tasting experience. And so some people that visit Disney World, particularly at Epcot, do something similar and they call it drinking or eating around the world, but we are classy. So we called it the global tasting experience or GTE for short. And so we let all of our guests know ahead of time to meet at the Mexico pavilion at 3 PM. And we would be making our way around the world. If you want to join us all the way around the world, please, please go for it. If you would like to just stop by, and talk for a little while, that's fine. And so we ended up, we once again did not think a lot of, we didn't know how many people would be for this, but I think we had 60 people that made it the majority around the World Showcase in Epcot. And it was so much fun. I mean, I think we were there from three to 10 when the park closed and the majority of our wedding was with us. And this is something that everyone still talks about. And I'm glad we did it two days before the wedding because I needed some some downtime because that is a lot of socialization in one day to then turn around and have your wedding the next day. So it was so much fun because we were able to just have an informal get together. So people that knew each other could talk. And then also our guests all knew each other when they showed up at, at the wedding on Tuesday. So there wasn't that awkwardness. As soon as they got to the pre-reception, everyone was talking. So we we did the global tasting experience and I actually, I made name tags for everybody with to say, you know, they were at Drew and Savannah's wedding. This is the global tasting experience. And I had each country on the back where they could check off and write if they got a food or drink item. And it was so much fun. That is what everyone is still talking about, maybe more so than the wedding. Um, 
but and I think everyone just really liked getting a chance to know each other so you know our families mingled our different friend groups mingled my friends got to know my family really well and it was it was so much fun so I would definitely recommend that and so because that was a park event and another thing that was important to us was you know making sure that everybody could have the type of vacation they wanted so you know we we know that not everyone is a Disney person some people bought just one park ticket and went to Epcot and did not go into the parks the rest of the day. Um, another thing is I had a few friends that did not go into the parks at all. So um, on Monday, we wanted a an outside of the park event because we didn't want people to have to spend money to get to a wedding event. Um, so we wanted to make sure that there was always something that included everyone. So we had a very informal, we called it happy hour with the bride and groom at Stargazer's Bar at Planet Hollywood restaurant in Disney Springs. So, you know, Disney Springs is open to anyone, it's open to the public. And Stargazers at Planet Hollywood was actually fantastic to work with because we did not pay anything. We just asked if they could, you know, we said, hey, we'll have a large group of people. Can we, will you have space to accommodate us? And they actually did a very nice job. We had almost our whole little bar area to ourselves and a few waiters dedicated to our groups and high top tables. We bought some appetizers for our group. Um, other people could come in and if they wanted on their way to dinner at Disney Springs or on their way home from the parks, they could stop in, say hi. And this was great because, you know, a couple, we had a couple friends that because of their work schedules or um, anything else, they flew in Monday night, came to our wedding on Tuesday and flew out Wednesday morning. And so, they did not do Disney, but they were able to still spend time with us and, you know, get to meet people. So it was important for us to be able to meet and greet people in the parks as well as outside of the parks. And Disney Springs ended up being a really great place to do that. That's a great tip. So can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yes, absolutely. So one thing I want to say is I never imagined how much fun I would have at my wedding. And I don't know if that would have happened if I had not gotten married at Disney. Because, I mean, I was excited for my wedding. I was excited to be married. I loved planning my wedding. But I always felt like the day itself would be very, very stressful. And it was not. It was so relaxed. So I guess I'll start at the beginning. So I was staying at the Grand Floridian because that is where our wedding was. And I would definitely recommend that. I know people make it work multiple ways, but being able to wake up and not have to go anywhere was really nice. So if there's any way that you can stay the night before in the location or nearby the location that you're getting married, I would definitely recommend that. And since we had a, a noon wedding, um, I think my wake up was at five or 5.30 in the morning and hair and makeup was coming to my room at six. So I used um, fairy tale hair and makeup. I had Stacy Otto and Jen, I can't remember her last name, but they were both fantastic work with me for my hair and makeup. And so I got ready with my mom, my mother-in-law, Kim, and my nanny, my grandmother, Carolyn, um, and so that was another thing that was really important to me was I didn't want anyone to have jobs at my wedding. I wanted everyone to be a guest. I wanted, which Disney does such a great job at making you a guest at your own wedding. And so we actually did not have a formal bridal party, which 
I think was a great tip because everyone got to show up and wear what they want and not have a schedule. And they just got to come to our wedding and have a great time. And I really loved doing that. And I'm so glad we did it that way. So it was just me and my mom, mother-in-law and nanny getting ready, hair and makeup in the morning at six. I believe um, our photographer got to our, our hotel room at 10.30 along with our event coordinator through Disney, who was uh, Christy Peterson, who was amazing. So they all showed up in my hotel room. And that's another thing that was so great. It's just everyone came to me and told me where to go for the rest of the day. So we did a first look. So I think the first look happened at around 11. And I highly recommend doing a first look. My husband was against it at first. But he has even decided that it just made the day go so much smoother. And also, I had so much less stress being able to hang out with Drew ahead of time. I think it was just so nice to be able to see him. And we had our our first look, and it was in a pretty private location outside in the Grand Floridian grounds. So I didn't really care exactly where it was because I, I knew the whole Grand Floridian is so beautiful. I knew you couldn't get a bad picture but I asked my photographer on my planner if they could find somewhere that was kind of kind of private. And so we were outside some of the outer buildings and our event coordinator had taken, you know, our parents were there at that point and my husband and um, some his best friend and everybody, they had taken them sort of away so that no one else saw me and that my husband was the first person to to see me. And so we did the first look and it was so great to just have that moment and everything at the Grand Floridian was just perfect and beautiful and we had great weather which we really left out so after that I mean we were able to get all of our family photos out of the way before the wedding happened and a lot of the pictures of just Drew and I so you know by 11:45, when it was time for us to make it into the wedding pavilion we had pretty much done everything and we're ready to go and nothing had been rushed so um it was great. And so then at noon was, was the wedding time and we had a lovely officiant. So um, Kat Amundi was our officiant and she was absolutely like a, our fairy godmother on our wedding day. And other than, I know people talk about the mashed potatoes, they talk about the global tasting experience and they talk about our officiant uh, Kat Amundi and our vows so we wrote our own vows which was really nice and something that you know both of us were a little skeptical of doing at first but we're really glad we were able to personalize our wedding ceremony in that way after that yeah we we had a pre-reception which we of course did not attend that was another thing that I kind of uh fought with my planner on a little bit I was like I want to go to my pre-reception I mean there's a you know there's a party happening I'm the party's for me. I want to be there. And she was like, I don't know. I don't think you'll want to go. And I'm so glad we didn't go. <laughs> we were able to have a couple minutes to sit and eat our cheeseburger spring rolls in silence and just hang out the two of us before our reception, which was so nice. So our pre-reception was at the convention center in Whitehall. And then our guests could just walk straight over into St. Augustine, which is where our reception was. And our reception was so much fun. And I can't believe how beautiful they, our room looked. I mean, 
you know, a lot of people are apprehensive about ballrooms because ballrooms, you know, could kind of look the same no matter where you are and maybe don't have that Disney touch, but we had it in the ballroom and it was absolutely beautiful and with fairly minimal decorations overall because, you know, we wanted to stick to the minimums as much as possible. And one thing that I thought was really fun was we were able to rent a Beauty and the Beast backdrop. So it was the grand staircase from Beauty and the Beast. And we put that behind our cake table. And so our cake was designed um, in a Beauty and the Beast theme. It was like stained glass with at the end of Beauty and the Beast when there's the picture of the Beast and Belle dancing that was on one of the layers of our cake. And so we had this beautifully themed cake in front of this huge photo backdrop of the Grand Staircase and the Grand Floridian. And so that was right there when you walked in and that really caught people's eye. And after we cut our cake, which we cut our cake, you know, right after, after dinner was served. And another kind of magical thing was um, our DJ totally unprompted um, when it was time to go get your food, he played Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast, which was so much fun. Um, but yeah, so after we cut our cake, uh, we had the cake table moved and then had some photo props so that people could use the Beauty and the Beast backdrop as a as a photo backdrop. And it was a lot of fun and people it got a lot of attention. We had one of those little instant cameras there so people could get the film. And that was another that was like such a fun little piece of kind of Disney magic without going overboard because I wanted a wedding at Disney. I did not want a totally Disney themed wedding. I wanted it to be Disney, have Disney touches, but you know, not completely in theme. And so it was the perfect amount of Disney, I think for our wedding. Yeah, our, our reception was so much fun. I mean, we had two signature cocktails, which everyone loved having signature cocktails. Um, and we named them the gray stuff and um, the enchanted rose as a nod to beauty and the beast. And so one of them was off of the cocktail list that Disney gives, and one was a favorite cocktail of mine that I had given to my planner, and we just, you know, put a sign up and named it something else. And our guests had so much fun with the signature drinks. I mean, we're still, and I never really got a chance to speak to our bartender much, unfortunately, but everyone loves the bartender that worked the wedding and are still talking about the bartender and the signature drinks and, you know, how nice it was and what a special touch that was. And so, you know, everyone loved the food, the drinks and the dancing. I mean, we had the best time. And another thing, I kind of brought this up, we did not have a formal wedding party, which I loved doing. That was another good way to cut costs because we did not have to pay for bridesmaids bouquets or bridesmaids gifts. Also, I think that made me getting ready that morning so much less stressful because I was just with, you know, my mom, a few people I loved. Um, but then for the speeches, we did Drew's best friend, Daniel, gave a fantastic uh, best man speech. And I actually asked my younger brother, Hunter, to give a man of honor speech because it, once again, this is something that it was my wedding. And I thought if I had a sister, she would be my maid of honor and be giving a speech. And there's no reason that Hunter, just because he is a man, uh, should not be given that honor. And I'm very close with my younger brother, Hunter. And so he gave a fantastic speech along with my father, which was um, really special to us. That's wonderful. The whole reception sounds fantastic. 
Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected on your day? No, nothing went wrong. I honestly can't say. And I asked my husband and my family this before I got on this interview. I said, was there anything that went wrong or anything you would do differently? And everyone honestly said, said no. And we had a great day. That's so great to hear. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice would just be to to have your wedding, you know, to this is the one time in your life that people are coming to a party all to celebrate you and your love. And that is really awesome. And it's a really special day. So if there's something that, you know, you go to weddings and you don't like. So for me, you know, we didn't like the formal we, we didn't want anyone to have a job. We didn't want anyone to feel like they had to be somewhere or wear something. So we didn't do a bridal party. And that was a little strange. And some people thought it was strange, but it was, it was what we wanted. And, you know, my brother being the man of honor and giving the speech, that was special to me because I'm close with my brother. And I would say, make it your day. And with having it at Disney, I mean, the best thing was having days of memories with our loved ones. I mean, there was a moment at Hollywood Studios, we had 30 of our friends and family show up at, I think, 545 to ride the new Star Wars ride, which was totally insane. But we had so much fun doing those things outside of the wedding. So definitely make time to to vacation. This is the only time you're going to get to go on vacation with, you know, dozens of your favorite people in the world. So, you know, I would say my biggest advice is you know, do what's important to you and don't get caught up in what you think you should be doing at your wedding because of traditions, both, you know, at Disney or otherwise. So, and to have fun. And the important thing is spending time with the people you love and getting married at the end of it. So, you know, no one, no one really remembers all of those details, like what color your flower petals were or what your bouquet looked like at the end of the day. But in 20 years, they're going to remember having a great vacation at one of the coolest destinations in the world with you. (laughs) That's great advice. Well, Savannah, I think you've offered a lot of great tips for anyone who's interested in planning a wedding or a vow renewal at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. I appreciate you having me on. And I found all of this to be so valuable when I was planning a wedding. And so it should be fun. So have fun. (laughs) That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com.